2: And the boys are back with another episode of the running rugby podcast and another weekend of big results coming out of this Northern tour. Um, upsets only, not only happening in guitar in the soccer world cup, but definitely, um, in the rugby world as well. The biggest and first game of the weekend. And who expected this Wales going down to Georgia at home in Cardiff, 13 points to 12 massive win here for the Georgian rugby team. Um, Italy, back to the bit more of the norm, going down to South Africa, 63 points, 21 in this. Samoa, um, they've been quietly getting a few results in this Northern Tour. They took down Georgia a couple of week, uh, weekends ago and took down Romania, 22-0 this weekend. Scotland finally get a victory here, 52-29, taking down Pumas and Checkers men um, in the abundance of cards, both yellow and red, that checkers men seem to um accumulate in this one and england pulling new zealand pulling all blacks on the all blacks they managed to edge out a draw 25 all after coming back and scoring three tries in the last nine minutes after a bowden barrett yellow card 25 all the kiwis capitulate and can't can't hold on at twickenham and then Ireland wallabies We talked about it, guys. Um, There was some concerns. We didn't know what was going to happen here. The boys almost took this one. 13 points to 10. They end up going down, turning down a late shot uh, at the post to even it up and going for the win. Um, But unfortunately, Rennie's men can't quite get that victory again over the world number ones in Dublin. And then France. Uh, complete the perfect year no losses in 2022 for the french team 35 17 over japan and what a way what an amazing thing that they are still not number one in the world despite having an unbeaten year a year where they've taken down uh the springboks they've taken down the all blacks they've taken down australia they've taken down ireland they've taken out all these teams and yet still not world number one But, boys, where do you want to start? What did you enjoy seeing the most this weekend?
1: I don't think I had a... Like, I wanted the All Blacks to beat England, but on reflection, a draw like this kind of makes me happy too because neither of them got the win. Obviously, didn't want England to win, but seeing the All Blacks stumble there late at the end, um, that's, you know, warms the heart a little bit. They're still a bit fragile. There's still questions there. Um, I think they've... That are going into a World Cup year with without the presence that they've had for some time. So, um, yeah, and that's like good, good at good, good start, but faltering at the end is not an All Blacks trait you expect to, them to have.
0: Yeah, for me, the Georgians getting getting over Wales is just such a big result for them. You know, they've been trying to prove their worth in Europe for a while. You know, people have have said that they should be joining the Six Nations if Italy don't lift their game. Unfortunately, I think Italy has now kind of got to a stage where they are steadily improving and the Georgians may have a tough run of things trying to get into that competition, but they're still trying to cement themselves as, you know, a pretty serious nation in world rugby. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there. And, you know, beating Wales at home, is a huge result, that mm. sort of cauldron-like atmosphere. Um, and Wales, look, they're going to be licking their wounds this weekend ahead of the Wallabies, who are also in the same position. So a pretty interesting situation we have on our hands.
2: And it really sets up a little bit of excitement for the next time the Georgians and Welsh meet, obviously, in the same pool, along with Australia in the World Cup next year. Um, Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, as well as Portugal, who recently got into it. So, um, a really interesting, if not quite a scary pool compared to some of the other ones in the world. Um,
1: but yeah, it's like competitive, but not world beating.
2: It's yeah. It's the minnow Nation really.
0: A few banana skin games there, I think. And, you know, having looked at this a couple of weeks ago and thinking that we had a really easy pool and trying to do the math and, and see who we'd end up facing in the semi-finals. Um, yeah, look, nothing's guaranteed with this Australian team at the moment. Can't take anything for granted, and we really need to improve. With only say, what is it, eight games left ahead of that World Cup next year?
2: Mm. Well, I mean, the the fact is, and I think Tuenui sort of highlighted this, we we have the opportunity to get through our pool stages and even the quarterfinals in the World Cup um, without facing any of the top four teams in the world, um, mm. which is a really good sort of opportunity for us if we can get it ourselves together and get a bit of momentum forward um, getting towards that sort of last couple of weekends of um, the Rugby World Cup next year.
0: Yeah, and I think Australia is still, we've seen they've, they've had such close losses that a few moments in each of those games, if they were different, perhaps we'd be on the winning side of things You know, you can't really dwell on that too much. We have to do better. Hopefully the injuries aren't so much of an issue next year. Um, But this year is just kind of, even under Rennie generally, I think he's had a few runs where he should have had these victories that didn't come through, even in his first season with those sort of back-to-back draws I think he had to Argentina. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, his, his record is poor. It could be our worst season since nineteen fifty eight, if we lose this next game. But he's been unlucky in a few of those matches over the last three years. And yeah, I just hope he can bring it together because it's a shame he is a good coach, but at the moment the results aren't coming along with that.
1: They've found some amazing ways to lose this year, not not least the the weekend where the opportunity with the mall was there. And yet we we get called for uh, what Jake Gordon coming in the Blind side of them all joining in front of the last man, which you know happens regularly. It's not like they're all binding um, onto the last man and slipping forward. It's regularly people slipping up the side a bit, um, and you know, of course that that gets called at the death and and halts any opportunity for us to to win out that game. Um, you know, things like that and the foley getting penalised, taking too long to kick and
0: very and fine margins. With-
1: yeah, it is. I mean, we've been in a position to win these games and it's individual, like a one a single individual error, a single unexpected call. Um and you know, all the while battling some of these massive injury blows, um, making it almost impossible to maintain the consistent fifteen. Um, and somehow and you know, even just you could go back to the way rugby, Australian rugby, allowed some of their players to get offshore, and so they're not available all the time. Your first choice players aren't available for all your matches, so there's more people getting mixed in mm. for that reason too. So it's it's just a bit of a cluster, um, and so yeah, it's it's a very different situation the last couple of years than a lot of our previous coaches have faced. So I'm sure Rennie um, is a bit gr- aggrieved to have the. The winning percentage he has given the situation um, he's been forced to play through.
2: So let's go through the list of wounded and missing names that we're not going to have this upcoming weekend. Obviously, as you mentioned there, Leo, um, the likes of Foley and Skelton not able to be present for this final week of games as it falls out of the um, three week international window. We've heard Michael Hooper out with concussion symptoms similarly nick white ruled out after a concussion review we've lost david parecchi again concussion taniolo tupo achilles injury might be a big one might be a long one is really going to put himself in a bit of doubt to make the rugby world cup unfortunately hunter paisami um the knee andrew kelloway the foot and valentini as well all going to miss this weekend um so it's it really stacks up a bit of a diet picture in when you're trying to find people to fill some of the positions going forth. But before we talk about next weekend, this game versus Ireland, obviously 3-0 at half time, missing one penalty in that first half, um, really up until late in the game before a few tries got on the board here. But we did have every chance to even it up late. What do you think we did well Um do you think it was the wrong decision not to take the penalty late?
0: Personally, I do. I was sitting with Leo watching it. I was quite surprised we didn't just even it up with a little bit of time left, get back to halfway and and kind of have a real crack. I think we weren't really in a position, given our record this year, to be taking a draw, you know, as I guess lessening the importance of a draw against a team like Ireland, number one in the world. I know it's not our traditional mentality to play like that, like you've seen under the captaincy of Michael Hooper in particular with the Waratahs and Mollabies. There's an opportunity to win a game late. We go for the corner. We try and get the try and we try and win it. Um, But I would have liked to see, just kind of get those three points on the board. And that isn't a given either. We saw Donaldson miss that kick against Italy, but Yeah, for me, I think they they probably should have done that and it would have given them a little bit of comfort going into those last few minutes.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was taken taken quickly. I think there was time. Um, And I guess, you know, the malls uh, have been good, but it hasn't been a a dominant force uh, this season. Uh, Lineups have been steady. So I guess they they backed that and obviously they executed well there. But this was an odd game. Again, injuries early, so... Um, you have got Nick White coming on and off and on and off. To have the what Toby and I started referring to as the three scatterbrains out in the backs, it just made for a very disjointed um, sort of offense. Uh, we you get the ball out, and you've got one of um, Mark Norman to R.C. Tom Wright or Jordan Pattire doing something non-standard. Like there was no, there was a lot less backline sort of um set play and and flow as it was sort of one out people trying to make something happen and the odd the odd offload so um it's just another game where we didn't feel like we were in a rhythm the combinations weren't there um but again it's sort of instigated from injuries before the game and, and unavailability to then also have injuries in the game to the next guy out um so it's really unfortunate it's it's I don't know what the character or the style of this this team is in totality because we just keep changing and bringing in new people and it doesn't doesn't link um, sort of starters to bench week in, week out.
2: I mean, we had a good flow on very early in this game. I mean, we got over for a try, but then this sort of neck roll mania um, hit the Wallabies and seemed to come a little bit on both sides, but just in ridiculous proportions it seemed – pressure on for the first 20 minutes doing this and then i mean i i got stuck then staring at every ruck to point out every time someone got levered by their neck or got a arm around the neck after this that just stopped seeming to be called um once they decided they sort of called enough but it just seemed insane the the level of penalties and we we only ended the game with 12 penalties in this like we weren't particularly high it was actually a good level but in that first twenty minutes, it just seemed like we couldn't we couldn't do anything.
1: We were we were four nil penalty count early, and it actually even up to four all um, in the first half. So, I remember seeing that and thinking, "Here we go, discipline issues." Um, it's sort of balanced out again, but yeah, the neck roll stuffs. Just, uh, it's obviously an important rule to stop players um, attacking the the head and neck around the ruckway, sort of low and in odd positions. It's easy to get tangled up and get body weight. Um, on players in in really um, difficult positions, but that there's a lot of there's a lot of rules, a lot of instances where if a player gets into an awkward position, but immediately realizes, so, sort of same as coming offside and challenging the ball at the back of the ruck, if if the player pulls out and there's not really any um, consequence to what's happened. It, it's allowed to play and, and yet it's all of a sudden the neck roll stuff was as soon as anyone was around the neck, these are guys with their heads down like wrestling and rucking. Um, there, there was instances where we were getting an arm around a head and what, you know, once the players sort of clenched and then presumably realized they're around the head, they've released and it all happens very quickly, but they clearly haven't carried on with it. And there hasn't been a risk to the player. And yet all that stuff was getting blown up and it's just, it's just leaving no room for error. And rugby, like any sport, it's not a perfect game. It just felt like the the tolerance for allowing guys to correct once in one of those positions and before anyone was put in, put at risk just disappeared in this match.
0: And it does feel like with world rugby that it's almost like what's the flavour of the month? What are we targeting this month? And then they move on to the next thing. And I do think where there are instances of players say, getting themselves into an awkward position and then realising and releasing and, and kind of making good of that situation. I think that shouldn't be a penalty. There shouldn't be some sort of, um, I guess, kind of interpretation by the referees to give the player the benefit of the doubt in that situation. But it didn't happen here. We lost a try again to a silly penalty and, um, yeah, the frustration continued.
2: Leo, you talked about the sort of scatterbrain trio um, with our sort of sub on Pattaya and our back three there. Um, it certainly seems like the likes of um, Pattaya was highlighted as probably his best game in a Wallabies jersey in this one, um, whether that's an impressive achievement or whether that's a little bit of a sad state of his previous performances. Um, it certainly seems like Mark Tuasi has imposed himself as, a bit of a put himself really at the top of stocks of some of those wing selections. Now um, the likes of comparisons to the name of Israel Folau has been made with his big body and um, ability under the high ball here, which we managed not to lose any, I think um, when Ireland peppering us with kicks to those back three.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely uh, real strong positives in this game. Uh, Marky Mark was, One of the positives is a lot of positive write-ups for him following the match. Um, And, you know, you can't really take that away from him. He's been thrust into these um, more sort of senior roles starting, starting 15 and, and he hasn't completely spilled his lollies, So that's good. Um, Geordie, like, yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's, he's on life support. Was he going to get another opportunities? He's, he's here getting, getting another chance. And, the the fact that he scores a try like okay <laughs> now he's now he's gonna have the name up in lights again it's gonna be really um you know hard to hard to talk him down I, I, I mean this, this is sort of a one in five type solid performance um, so yeah like the, the, it was more it was more the fact that there's no cohesion and and I don't think Ireland were were playing like amazingly well. We got away with some things that we probably should have been stuffed in, in, you know, a press defence should have just crushed us and mauled over and sorry, rucked over the top. Got away with some of these, so um, you know they live to they live to be selected another day, and I'm sure we'll see them this week, given the remainder of the squad available for selection.
2: Any final thoughts on some of these teams that we're not going to see again till 2023? So the likes of Argentina. Um, Scotland, France, um, Japan, these names we're not going to see. New Zealand as well, um, finishing up the 2023 campaign. Only, obviously, Australia, Wales um, and England, South Africa with games to play left this weekend.
0: I would just say that there's probably a lot of teams out there, big name teams, that have quite a bit of work to do ahead of the World Cup next year, I think. South Africa's got quite a few issues it needs to sort through New Zealand's still floundering at times and and not looking the the finished product. England's still emerging. Are they going to be decent? Are they not? Uh, yeah, Ireland, I still think are vulnerable at times. Me France are a clear front runner in their home World Cup. But it is interesting a lot of these teams haven't really finished the year that convincingly. And so I think there'll be a real emphasis um, leading into the next domestic season for the southern Hem- southern hemisphere teams, particularly in getting people healthy and managing them across across the year, so they're hitting their straps when we get to what is it September next year.
1: Yeah, there's some really good points. That's that's it's the fact that there's been aside from probably France, there's there hasn't been a dominant team like oh no, there's world number one didn't come out and thrash. Um, a disjointed and, and substandard Wallabies side. Um, the England and New Zealand uh, result leaves both sides with a slightly bitter taste in their mouth. Of what what should have been what would have been a real headline uh, result for either of them. Um, so yeah, it's 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 it kind of leaves everything on, on a bit of tilt. And and next year it is going to be a big, um, big, a big factor in this is just health. Um, getting these guys peaking at the right time. Not not overloading them in in the competitions in the lead up, but also giving them enough minutes and trying to develop the combinations and the and that just that nice sort of match fit touch, um, like all those things you're trying to develop in in this next year and yeah the momentum pl- the platform laid this year not that convincing for most of these teams so it's kind of good it's like we've seen again a few reports and articles about how um, it feels like there's the, the tiers in the the top eight or top ten um of world rugby are you know fewer. There's not a clear team that beats everyone. It's like, well, the top five could beat each other on a given day. France the next beats three. Everyone. Yeah, France beats everyone. And that's fair. And they and they, you know, they're probably only not world number one because Ireland did the away tour in New Zealand and would have racked up yeah. some decent points and a yeah. and a, a head start for that, which is that's fine. That's justified. But um, you know, we challenged France. Um, other teams have challenged France. It's 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 not a given. There's definitely you know home games versus away games, and and is this player available? Is this player out? Like it's a few small things that can can really sort of take the the underdog status mm. and give it to the the favored team. So it's just interesting. It's 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 good that it's not feeling like a foregone conclusion that anyone's going to win next year. Although France do feel like the strongest favorites.
2: I mean, speaking of home field advantage, Toby's just flashed up the very first game of the Rugby World Cup of next year, which is France hosting New Zealand. Um, Amazing. start de France. What an opening game to a World Cup. And God, I think I don't think you could plan it any better if you were France as well. Like this is the gonna be the moment your team is so up for this, so ready. It's gonna be an absolutely pumping packed stadium willing your boys to get over your only main competitor in that pool to finish uh, at the top of pool A with that one.
1: Could be uh, could be shades of New Zealand, South Africa, last World Cup, where the team that doesn't win has to fight the hard way through and, and ends uh, up coming back. And... and ends up coming through. That was my, I, I sort of, I remember tipping that. With South Area, they just felt like they were a good team and it didn't really matter what happened in that game if they lost. They felt like they were going to come back harder next time. So, yeah, it could be the start and the finish.
2: But that World Cup is still a long time coming. We still have these games this weekend uh, to talk about. And obviously Wales, Australia, Wales coming off that big loss, Australia crumbling with injury woes, um, Toby, what do you what do you foresee coming out of this Wallabies team this weekend versus Wales?
0: Well, it's hard to to really know what to make of how we're going to go in this game, just because it's a team we're never going to have seen before, really lacking cohesion combinations, as we've seen a little bit throughout this tour. But I get the sense that we'll probably play with a little more freedom. I know that if we don't win the game, obviously we're we're looking at that that pretty terrible record for a season. But, you know, at the same time, I think if guys like Tate get a bit more time on the field, um, I think some of the forwards, you know, with Samu on there, with guys like um, – who's a debutant? Um, what, the name escapes me. Not debutant. Yeah, like He's his been run two,
2: two games already.
0: He's run on debut, I meant. But, yeah, so – I just think that there could be that injection of sort of youth and inexperience could work in our favour a little bit. Um, but Wales might really try to keep it tight and play us out of the game. That could easily be the case as well. Just chip away with penalties. We'll make lots of mistakes. There'll be poor discipline once again and maybe we'll just lose by a narrow margin and it'll be a really sort of disappointing result. I hope we chance our arm a little bit. I think there'll be some players there that really have the opportunity to show Rennie what they're worth um, to finish up the year. Um, but it is a risk. Like you got to look at game plan here. What are they going to set out to do? I'd like to see them throw it around a bit, but perhaps they're just going to be a little bit more conservative.
2: Any selections, Leo, you want to see um, coming out of this game?
1: I kind of feel a little bit aggrieved that... Um that we haven't seen a bit more tape. I think he deserves another start. But actually thinking about who else has been around and who else obviously isn't on tour, like it'd be nice to have someone like um, Lonergan for halfback throw him in the mix. Um, I think he's he's one of those guys who really lifted Australia A and did a really good job leading them around. Um, so obviously I expect we'll see Lachlan Lonergan um, in at hooker but yeah, his, his brother I think would have been a good a good pick there. Um, it sounds like we may be getting more Jake Gordon. Um, but beyond that, like I mean, they're just gonna have to make do with what they've got. Um, I, I guess Jock Campbell probably probably see him again. Um, at fifteen, but it it may not happen. They may they may want to put someone who's a little bit more seasoned in there just because of the lack of. Uh, experience in all the other positions. You, you've got to take the stability where you can get it. Um, and then Fraser McWright, uh, would love to see him start. I think I think taking the ball off Wales uh, and giving us more opportunities in attack will be a really important um, tactic in this game. Like the more we can pilfer and turn it over and give ourselves another attack, we don't have to have the best sort of completion percentages on on attack, we can just give ourselves lots of opportunity. So lots of volume to try and score the points, assuming that the uh, the execution might be a little bit shabby at times just because of the player group.
2: Are we excited to probably have Reese Hodge in it inside centre for this game?
1: Oh, you know I am. You know I favorite am.
2: favourite Wallaby player for the last few I was, years. I was like,
1: this feels apt. Somehow having Hodge in there, like, you know, out of weird position... Is, yeah, it's like. Is, does he look Welsh? Does he look like a Sean sh- Sheep?
0: Right. It's only what's what's the second worst thing? I mean, you have him at fly half. That's bad enough. Put him at twelve. You know that he's just going to start carrying it into contact all the time, <laughs> stifling the rest of the backline. Look, we don't have many other options there. Um, you know, otherwise they could look at say bringing Ikital in and playing Petyr at thirteen, but I think that could be even more of a disaster. So, very limited options there. So, Pete Samo at 12. Hey, Michael, Michael Hooper at 12, if he was fit, would be nice. But even Langley Gleason,
2: put Langley Gleason at 12.
1: Jed. Yeah. Toby'd put Jed anyway. Nick Frost. Nick at, Nick Frost. You could put Nick Frost at 12. He's got the hands yeah, for it. Yeah, he got sh- got he shifts the ball, he just shifted yeah. to Icky Tower.
0: I must say that this is the one bright spot coming out of this the end of year two. I think Nick Frost has really emerged as a real a real top candidate for for one leading the Wallabies, I think, in the future, but just purely on his athleticism, his technical skill set. He's still bulking up a little bit, but I think he's emerging as one mm-hmm. of the better young rocks in the world. Um and yeah, like he's got the height. If he bulks up a little bit more and works on his carries, I think he's just gonna be such yeah. a big threat. Um, the, fa- the fact the so
2: fact that he's remained he's durable, protected. hasn't hasn't got injured and also has not been a discipline potential problem yeah. is a lot, a lot of like pluses, there. a lot of pluses in his in his tick box there.
0: So really what is it? Nick Frost and maybe Mark no longer need to ask hey? and That's almost the extent of, of the positives from these last few games, you know?
1: I think Jed across the season is a pretty big positive. Yeah, it's well, good to see him. He locked, he's locked down that six. Yeah, and that's that's what you needed. Like having he's that grizz, grizzled older dude who's just rock solid. The lineouts don't fall apart um, because you've selected him. And just, he's, again, he's got pretty a bit good of that discipline, Rocky good attitude. To him, doesn't he? Uh, I think yeah, Rocky Elson a bad in taste time. in my mouth yeah.
0: Rocky was he's a little like, bit. L- he was a little bit loose, I think. Almost like a, he had a bit more Higginbotham to him. He'd yeah. roam out wide more. I think Jed is just a more complete player in, in the tie, um, and that's obviously because he spent a lot more time at lock in general across club football and domestic. Um, but yeah, he's been good and he's been relatively injury-free, which has been a real plus. Again, goes back to I think the Waratahs are looking really, really strong for next year. I mean, we'll have a conversation about that maybe next week. But yeah, the Waratahs are looking like they could really shake things up in Super Rugby, given the the players they have on their mm-hmm. roster.
2: Anything you want to say about um, this Welsh team coming forward? It's a lot of it's a lot of names that have been good but seem to be um, maybe reaching sort of the end of the year. I feel like they haven't quite settled once again, similar to Australia on. The perfect fifteen. They're still trying to get George North in there, having him at thirteen. They don't really know who their fullback is. They just have a couple of good wingers all around and trying to force them in. Um and a few difficult sort of names in. I mean, they had the bright spot of Morgan at six, who got double the double two tries um last weekend versus Georgia. Um, but still still looking for a settled lineup, I think Wayne pivac men.
1: So well, first of all, I'm really looking seeing looking forward to seeing Jones and Williams. Like they're just always excellent. Um, but are they suffering? That's the like selection? slightly racist, I think. It's slightly racist, I don't know. Oh, did I forget to mention Hughes? Hughes is always solid as well. Yeah. Um absolutely. The, the the test window, that they, they are also limited in who they can select.
2: Correct, yeah. They so they so, are also. So Won't like have some anyone. of the
1: some of the is it Rezamit was the is the winger, yeah. Like not going to be available, right? So
0: he played fullback last week.
1: Oh, did he? Okay. I didn't tradition-
0: traditionally he's been a winger. Um, yeah. Look, I think they're going to be down a few people, which will obviously help us. But yeah, and I think it goes back to what Archie was saying: lack of cohesion here. They still really haven't found their identity which they had so strongly under Warren Gatland, playing Gatland ball, um, you know, very straightforward game plan with that, built into their structures very firmly. And Wayne Pivak has tried to make them a more expansive team, but it really hasn't worked so far. So, again, there's a lot of pressure on him as a coach. Um, And I think Wales might be thinking, you know, whether they need to make a change ahead of the Six Nations or the, the World Cup next year. So, yeah, there's two two teams that are really struggling in world rugby coming together with different set of problems, but there are some similarities there too. Um, but I guess this game gives both sides an opportunity to experiment a little bit more. Um, I know that they'll be wanting to get the result, but there is that incentive to kind of take a few chances in this game and maybe you know give some, some players that haven't had as much game time more of a run.
2: And then obviously the other game here, England, South Africa, um, similar story potentially in terms of selections here, but South Africa, a fairly settled lineup. Um, Their sort of breakout star this year has probably been that. Kurtley Aronser on the wing, again, a double um, last weekend. Um, Almost a hat-trick, though. He unselfishly gave off the last pass. Um, People like De Klerk gets another run at nine holding Hendricks at base and Willie LaRue um, and Jesse Creel, sort of the experience at the back there. Um, but again, settled line up here looking to take down the English.
0: Yeah. And I think, look, there's probably not as many of the guys missing that I thought could possibly be absent here. So I'd be taking South Africa, I think. No, I think England have a lot to play for they obviously probably still hurting from the 2019 final there in Twickenham. But I think South Africa, if they can not be distracted by all the off-field stuff with Russia that's going on at the moment, um, yeah, I think they'd probably be a little bit too good for England.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, while England will be fired up, um, South Africa are still decent decent side. don't seem to be too ravaged by injuries. Um. yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd take another draw, to be honest. Another draw where England get knocked around a bit, manage to come back but can't quite do enough. It's a pretty popular storyline for me.
2: I'm interested to know what the actual odds are for this bad boy. Um, well, let's
1: have a guess. Let's we'll guess odds well, for both games.
0: Oh, yeah, good point.
1: But start with England, South Africa, since we're talking about it. I'm going to say... England, 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 three and
0: a half. I'm going to say, South for your
2: Uh, I will go England plus five and a half.
1: England plus five and a half. <laughs> England minus five.
2: England minus five and a half.
1: I apologize.
2: I'm not used to doing this part. I usually just ask the questions. <laughs> um yeah. and what about for Australia Wales? I'll give you uh, this
1: is this is a I, I'll give it I'll give it Wales minus two, oh, Yeah, Wales minus two and a half. It's just like a, a home, but it doesn't feel like they're really that much better given all the disruption.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Maybe I'll go just yeah, Wales minus
2: one. I think the Wallabies might even get the favorite because of that loss. I reckon they might go um, Wallabies minus one and a half. But I agree, very close and very, um, very close between them. Uh, looks like Leo was bang on with England, South Africa minus three and a half. Um, England favorites there, and then Wales, Australia. The margin we have is Wales minus two and a half.
1: That's exactly what I said.
0: Leo's cheating. No, Leo, Leo, I'm who, looking I it up it's... right now. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> you just <laughs> admitted you're pay. looking it up right now. Okay. No, I haven't found it yet. Look. I'm not
2: I'm not actually a cat. <laughs> <laughs> um in Leo other did, Leo did
0: just use how to he just did learn how to use sportsbet.com.au. So I think he's been He's be on there
2: working things out here. <laughs> um in other news we did have the World Rugby Awards on the weekend as well. Um so congratulations to the likes of uh Van de Fleer um winning World Rugby player of the year the number 7 for Ireland. A bit of a surprise I think to a few of us. Um breakout player of the year Capuzzo and Ruby Tu'i um of Italy and the Black Ferns shared that. Um and congratulations to Charlotte Caslick who claimed a third World Rugby Sevens Player of the Year, um, beating out two of her Australian teammates as well. There, dominant. Um, so good to see that. And Coach of the Year was Wayne Smith, who took the Black Ferns to World Champions, um, obviously in that Women's World Cup there as well.
1: Good to see the recognition in the women's game. Like obviously, World Coach of the Year. It's um, there's probably a couple other teams that would like to put their coach up for that but um yeah it's actually the 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 middling results of most international sides um everyone sort of had some some tight games that weren't expected or some losses that weren't expected so uh that's good that's that's what it should be it's going to be more and more often that we're we're talking about men's and women's coaches and seeing their successes in, in an equal light absolutely it's great to see boys are
2: we going to be back next week to break down a final pod for the year one more one more toby's saying just one more
1: is that, is that what reny's saying to his win.
2: men come on guys just one more i'm only going to be coached one more here
1: christmas present
0: john farnham one more time
2: farewell tour again <laughs> again <laughs> all right that that sounds promising sounds like we'll be back one more time in 2022 so we don't have to say a fond farewell just yet uh make sure you guys are following us on social media running rugby podcast on instagram and running rugby pod on twitter there and like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts but for the last time we have a wallabies game this year so make sure you are tuning in to watch them take down the welsh millennium stadium in cardiff and then followed up obviously by hopefully watching the english lose again um always love to see that as well but as always tune in this weekend and we will see you next week but until then keep on running run